everyone, my name is Oweta Wanyomran, and this is my channel, It Pays to Fear God. This is where we learn about God, His beloved Son Jesus Christ, and their kingdom purpose, the three most important subjects that we can ever learn about, talk about, or discuss in the entire Holy Bible, according to John chapter 17, verse 3. The subject that I have prepared for you and myself today is captioned, The All-Powerful God. However, before I get into that, I once again have a tune that some of us might be familiar with. Once again, the subject that I have prepared for you and myself today is captioned, The All-Powerful God. Many of us know the God we serve as Jehovah, the stronghold in the day of trouble, Nahum chapter 1 verse 7, He is the Almighty God, Genesis chapter 17 verse 1, the Most High, Psalms chapter 82 verse 6, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Psalms chapter 95 verse 3, Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verses 16 and 17, 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verses 5 and 6, and there are many other names he has, all based on his attributes, his everlasting life, Psalms chapter 90 verse 2, chapter 93 verse 2, chapter 97 verse 9, chapter 135 verse 5. However, we have to understand why we say that he has four infinite attributes, and one of those attributes is power. Because the Bible has talked a lot about God's ability. For example, in Genesis chapter 18, from verses 1 to 14, if you read it up to verse 33, it was where Abraham and those three angels had that conversation on some things. Not only on the son Sarah was going to have, but also on his nephew Law and what was going to happen to him in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And from verses 1 to 14, in verse 14 specifically, that was where the angels had told him, is anything too hard for God? Because the angels had heard Sarah laughing in the tent after the angels had said, that, okay, you guys are going to have a son just next year. Abraham believed, but Sarah doubted it. She laughed a little bit. So then they said, is anything too hard for God? And the answer to that question is no. And today we're going to find out some really spectacular things, both in the past and now in these last days, that God has done and is doing to really prove how much power and might is really on his side. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 32 from verses 17 to 27, or specifically verses 17 to 24 and verse 27. For example, in Genesis chapter 6 to 8, God demonstrated power by destroying his own world. Now, of course, why did he do that? Because the people there were wicked. They all opposed God's will in one form or another. However, he did save Noah by allowing him to build a boat, which took over 100 years to build, and that allowed them to float on top of the waters. But the ability 
for you to open up all the grounds and let all the water from the clouds, the skies, everything fall, does indeed take a lot of power. And it destroyed everybody. It went past the mountaintops, covered everybody up, and of course, nobody could enter into the boat because God's judgment cannot be reversed. He takes revenge on people who don't listen to his principles. Romans chapter 12, verse 19, and Proverbs chapter 1, from verses 24 to 30. Another example is the story of the Egyptians and the Israelites. In Exodus chapters 7 to 11, and also chapters 14 and 15, specifically chapter 14. From chapter 7 to 11, that is where the 10 plagues were. The 10 plagues were the various things that God had done to prove to the Israelites that they were really supposed to fear God, and God was somebody that was supposed to be feared, and being the sovereign Lord, and also to the Egyptians that they should never feel too proud, feel that God doesn't really exist as uh, Pharaoh himself had actually thought and believed in Exodus chapter 5 verse 2, but rather that he was the God that deserved to be worshipped beside no other gods. Exodus chapter 20 and verses 3, 5, 6, and 7. And we saw how they ravaged the land. All the locusts of Somalia, Lebanon, all the lands around them all gathered together. Because of course there had to be so many locusts in order to cover all the land of Egypt. But that was what surrounded everybody. There were locusts in their meals. There were locusts in their beds. So he goes with the frogs, the gnats, the flies, everything. And those things in these last days also have to do with what is happening. Everything is going crazy, even if we can see that physically maybe the UN is doing well to create peace in this world. Everything is just failing. When they pronounce peace and safety, sudden destruction comes. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 3. This doesn't mean second wise, but even if it takes years, the prophecy is still fulfilled. So it's very important to understand because God has all the power and might on his side, it is very good to trust in him because he can be our sun and shield. Psalm chapter 144 verse 2 and chapter 84 verse 11. And people who did not really believe in this were of course battered like the Egyptians. And not only that, but the second time that they were coming, from the Israelites, after they'd escaped, collected all their spoil, their gold, silver, all the other things, the Egyptians still wanted to come after them because, of course, God hardened their hearts in the sense that they were already deluded, so that was what they wanted to do anyway. And then God brought the two waves apart so that his own children could cross, but brought them back together so that, of course, the Egyptians could be swallowed. People who accept God's principles in these last days and follow them are going to do well, but people who want to take those institutions and ruin them, but yet want to benefit from them, are not going to, because, of course, success does not work like that. Joel chapter 1 from verses 3 to 5. God also in favor of his children also changed the hearts of some people in order for his will to prevail. For example, in Esther chapters 3 to 7, we can see that specifically in chapter 4 and 5 when Mordecai was advising Esther, you are a Jew, you know, Haman is going to kill all the Jews because of his pride and wrath, so we have to do something about it. Esther knew one very important law. People couldn't just appear in front of the king whenever they wanted. Essentially, the king had to come and summon you in order for you to appear before him for any reason. Therefore, in order for Esther to save her own life and the life of all the other Jews, remember back then, the worshippers of God, she had to disobey that law. And God was completely aware of this. So that's why he changed the heart of King Hasaharis. So that when Queen Esther would have to disobey the law, King Asaharis wouldn't really notice it. That was why when Queen Esther appeared before him, he received her and said, Oh, 
whatever you want. Ask me, even up to half of the kingdom, because that was obviously what kings wanted to offer to some people at that time. So it's very important we understand God can do some very important things to show off his power because he is indeed very powerful. So that is how God operates and that is how he executes the amount of power that he has, which is of course infinite. Psalm chapter 104 verse 24, Jeremiah chapter 20 verse 12, etc. in these last days. Now, God can execute a lot of power in order to get some prayers in his own favor answered. The Israelite story is already an example when they prayed to be rescued, then the ten plagues came in Exodus chapter 2 from verses 23 to 25 when they prayed. And there is also the prayer of King Hezekiah in Isaiah chapters 36 and 37. Because of course, King Senator was threatening King Hezekiah and all their people that they wanted to take the land as they'd done with many other fortified cities. However, this was God's land. This wasn't just some land that he could easily do that to. So when King Hezekiah prayed very soon after God killed 185,000 of King Sennacherib's soldiers. Regardless of how many King Sennacherib had considering soldiers, it was a lot. It was a big percentage. So as a result, King Sennacherib started being fearful, got more afraid, and then not even too long later, his own sons came with their swords and killed him. So that is essentially what God can do. When we pray in his favor, in the sense that we pray along his will and plans, he can do some really big things in order for his will to come to pass. There's also what Jesus Christ had said in Matthew chapter 6 and verses 9 and 10, that kingdom come, as I discussed in a whole different video. Check that out for many details. But just as a summary, when Jesus Christ prayed that prayer and told us, more importantly, that we should continue praying that, God had to do a lot in order for that prayer to be answered. World Wars 1 and 2 had to come to pass. Because thy kingdom come is all about his kingdom being brought to us, not us going to it, it being brought to us. And that was why World War 1 happened, that was why there were so many things happening because God's kingdom was now going to start being established in the same space that Satan's kingdoms were already ruling. However, God's kingdom was prophesied to go against any decay, to not necessarily fall in any case, but rather to be established in the top of the mountains in the sense that nothing can break it down, and that is where it would always remain. Isaiah chapter 2 verse 2, Haggai chapter 2 and verses 6 and 7, Daniel chapter 2 verse 44, Psalm chapter 145, from verses 10 to 13, anytime God pushes a plan forward, nobody can bring it back. Daniel chapter 4, if you read the end of the chapter, King Nebuchadnezzar was acknowledging the fact that nobody can question what God is doing. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 27, and Isaiah chapter 55, from verses 8 to 11. We have to keep this in mind in case we think we want to go against God's plan and think that we're successful. Of course, that is not how God works. But an example I cannot fail to mention was when God answered the prayer of Jesus Christ in John chapter 17, specifically in verses 4 and 5, where he stated, I have glorified thee on the earth, I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. And in order for God to answer this prayer, he had to resurrect Jesus Christ from the dead. Remember, this isn't him beating somebody's kingdom or something. Those things are fairly easy compared to him actually bringing life. It's the biggest source of everything that we have today. That's the idea of life. 
for humans in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. In this case, he brought somebody who had already yielded up the ghost now to come and live again. And that was what made Jesus Christ say, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore, and have the keys of hell and death. In Revelation chapter 1 verse 18, he was able to say this because God did not forget the prayer of Jesus Christ. In fact, if you read that whole John chapter 17, he was not only praying for himself, but also praying for the apostles, so that God may also with his extreme power touch those ones. Because when we talk about him touching people, another part of his power is in his truth, because his truth is very powerful. The word of the Lord is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, some of the most wicked people in this world had been brought to the faith as a result of the truth of Christ. John chapter 1 verse 17. For example, St. Paul himself in Galatians chapter 1 from verses 11 to 16 and 1st Timothy chapter 1 from verses 12 to 17 had acknowledged the fact that he was a Pharisee. He was the least of the apostles because he was one of the most wicked of them before he came to God. 1st Corinthians chapter 15 verse 10. However, he heard the truth because God called him, John chapter 6 verse 44, when Christ glory apparently appeared before him. He was blind for two days and then he came to know about the truth as of course it was sent from Jesus Christ and God himself. First John chapter 2 and verses 21 and 27 and then he became one of the most successful apostles by writing at least a dozen letters and preaching to so many different lands. The book of Acts goes into detail about this. That is what the truth of God can do. And some of you viewers that come across the truth Maybe you guys haven't really known about the Bible very much. It can make some of you become very successful, which is why studying the truth is very important. Study to sow thyself, approved unto God. Our command needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, and James chapter 1, verse 25. We have to understand this because the truth is indeed a very powerful thing, and if we accept it, it can change our lives completely and make us be very diligent, hardworking, and successful people in the church or worship of God. God's power also extends to the righteous because, of course, the righteous ones of God, them being submissive, will be protected by God. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12. As a result, no matter what the wicked want to do to the righteous, they cannot succeed because the peace and rest of the righteous is not in the hands of this world, but is in the hands of Jesus Christ and God Almighty Himself. Revelation chapter 14, verse 13, John chapter 14, verse 27, chapter 16, verse 33, etc. If you watch my video, Where Can Peace Be Found? It goes into detail about how all of this works. When we put our peace in God, He's going to protect us from all those kinds of things. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely, and shall be quiet from fear of evil. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 33. King Saul couldn't harm David. Because God's eyes were over David, and that was why, no matter what King Saul wanted to do, no matter how many times he chased him, nothing worked. Saul got weaker and weaker, while David got stronger and stronger. Second Samuel chapter 3 verse 1, of course, until he eventually became king, while King Saul ended up being killed in war, taking his own life 
and all those kinds of things. We have to understand when we are righteous, we don't have to worry about protection. We don't have to worry about money. Doesn't mean we shouldn't work, but we don't have to worry about it as some others worry about those kinds of things. Rather, we put our trust in God, Proverbs chapter 3, from verses 5 to 7, and he will not disappoint us. And speaking of the wicked, the Bible makes us to know that the power of God will never let the wicked escape, because though hand joined in hand, the wicked shall not go unpunished, but the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Proverbs chapter 11 and verses 19 and 21 and chapter 16 verse 5, specifically that chapter 11 verse 21. Because though the wicked can be crafty, they can do so many things to prevent God from reaching them. God will indeed reach them. He will strangle them so that all their works will be forgotten while the righteous ones will be as bold as a lion, Proverbs chapter 28 verse 1, and will be stable in all their ways. Because be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. In Galatians chapter 6 verse 7. The Israelites clearly didn't know this, the nation of Israel at that time. In Lamentations, if you read the whole book, it goes into some great details about what the Israelites went through. They had no peace. If you read Lamentations chapter 3 verse 17, chapter 1 verse 5, and chapter 5 verse 5. God destroyed them, their enemies, the people that they were flocking to, forgot about them, betrayed them. Their relationship was in the money, the gold. The moment that left, they just forgot about those people and went to go live their own lives, the Gentiles. Whereas the Israelites were left stranded, destroyed. That is what happens when we don't know how powerful God really is. It's not to intimidate us, but it is rather for us to understand that we have somebody like that on our side. If he is somebody who can be that person to us, then we should be submissive to him so that he can protect us if necessary. Matthew chapter 10, verse 30. The wicked will not get away with what they think they're going to be doing because God is all-powerful. In these last days also, the Bible makes us to know that God is going to be defeating Satan the devil and it is pretty much going to be the biggest time where he is going to be executing power. Because right now there is going to be a great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 21, he is going to overturn, overturn, overturn it. Ezekiel chapter 21, from verses 25 to 27. He has set his king in office and has put a crown of pure gold on his head. Psalm chapter 21, verse 3. He is going to rule with a rod of iron. Psalm chapter 2, verse 9. He is going to rule with the strength of Zion in the midst of his enemies. Psalm chapter 110, verse 2. And with that, he's also going to have princes who are going to rule in judgment. Isaiah chapter 32, verse 1. Luke chapter 22, from verses 28 to 30. Luke chapter 12, verse 32. And Revelation chapter 1, verse 6. It's a very busy thing right now. God is putting a lot of his resources, a lot of his ideas, and all of his power and might into this. So that Satan and his institutions are going to be trampled on. Like Edom at that time. Isaiah chapter 63 from verses 1 to 6 and from verses 9 right down to 14. Satan's institutions are going to be destroyed because nobody can turn back the hand of God from judgment. Isaiah chapter 55 from verses 8 to 11. Isaiah chapter 14 verse 27 and the last verses of Daniel chapter 4. We have to understand this so that we are not caught in what Jesus Christ is doing to Satan the devil. In these last days, Luke chapter 21, from verses 34 to 36, the snares and the traps 
that Satan and his institutions are going to be falling into. Rather, we must hide. We must flee to the mountains, spiritually, not physically. Throughout my video, The Cities of Refuge, I go into detail about how this works. Matthew chapter 24 and verses 15 and 16, and Isaiah chapter 26 and verses 20 and 21. We have to hide in the secret chambers while God is executing wrath in these last days because his wrath is going to be going straight to Satan the devil and his institutions. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel, so that the fishes of the sea and the fowls of the heaven and the beasts of the field and every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth and all the men that are upon the earth shall shake at my presence. And the mountains shall be thrown down and the steep places shall fall and every wall shall fall to the ground. Ezekiel chapter 38 and verses 19 and 20. This has to do with all the institutions that Satan has created. When I say institutions, it's about his identity in this world, whether people blindly agree with it or whether they deliberately agree with it. It has to do with oppression. It has to do with iniquity, whether it's fornication, adultery, Galatians chapter 5, from verses 19 to 21, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, in verses 9 and 10, and many other places all over the Bible. We have to understand that we should never join in Satan's institutions. Otherwise, we are going to be swept away like the people in Noah's flood had been swept away by what God was doing in that time. But of course, when the kingdom of God has been fully established, the righteous ones are going to be promised eternal life. God is going to create a situation in this world using, of course, his power, wisdom, and might so that righteous ones can live in peace. There will be no more wickedness. There will be no more iniquity. People will only do what God wants to do because he's going to plant his law in our inward parts and write it in our hearts, and we will be his people, and he shall be our God. Jeremiah chapter 31, from verses 31 to 34. Hosea chapter 2, from verses 18 to 23. Haggai chapter 2, verse 9. He's going to give us eternal life. Nobody will even be able to imagine it. No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, neither has ever come into the heart of man the things which God has prepared and wants to give to them that love him and keep his commandments. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 and Isaiah chapter 64 verse 4. These rewards, however, can only be ours if we trust in him and yearn for what he wants us to be yearning for. That way, our prayers can be answered before we pray for them. What we are yearning for will come to pass before we say with our mouths. Isaiah chapter 65, verse 24. We must trust in the Lord forever and ever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 4. See also Proverbs chapter 3, from verses 5 to 7. God is the God of gods, and he is the all-powerful God in this world. Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast created the heaven and the earth with thy great power and stretched out hand, and nothing is too hard for thee. Great in counsel and mighty in work, to give everyone according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Jeremiah chapter 32 and verses 17 and 19. Therefore, if we want to reap good things, we sow good things. If we trust in God, we are going to reap his blessings because that is what God said is going to be happening in Job chapter 4 verse 8, Proverbs chapter 22 verse 8, and Galatians chapter 6 and verses 7 and 8. People who sow righteousness will reap the blessings of God. And I choose to end my talk on the subject, the all-powerful God. To conclude this episode, I once again have a tune that some of us might enjoy. <laughs>
Enjoy this video hope you learned something most importantly please try to subscribe and share this video because everybody praises God for him being the most powerful God but we have to understand why many people say that and then therefore why we should trust in him and keep his commandments so that we can really reap from such abilities thank you for listening oh one more thing if you like what you heard today feel free to share a message at https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Once again, that's https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Hope to hear your wonderful feedback.